You know, um, April the 10th, we'll be receiving our third offering for our new building. Uh, God has blessed abundantly. The first two offerings, the first one, we received $155,000. This is cash, not pledges. Second one, we received $415,000. So the first two offerings, it's been five hundred and sixty-five dollars or $70,000. You know, I really believe God wants us to break ground in January, February, March of next year. I believe a year from now, God wants us to. I'm praying for God to show us the way. I'm praying for God to show us the way. I really am. And I believe God's going to enable us to do it. Well, you just pray. That's all. I don't. I hadn't been talking about the building. I don't talk about money. I don't do that. But I just want to ask you to pray now and ask the Lord to show you what to give on April the 10th and ask God to provide it for you and give you the grace uh, to receive it. It is amazing how God created the animals before he created human beings. And you look at the animal creation, and remember God told Adam to name each one of them. It is amazing that God created animals, and they're governed by their instinct. The animals know to do what they do because God placed in them the divine instinct. As that's how they survive. The geese know to fly south in the winter because God put that instinct in them. I mean, the bees know to fan their wings at the front of the beehive so the honey won't melt and f- go out on the ground because God created animals and they're governed by instinct. However, when God created us, he did not create us to be governed by instinct. A, a baby does not have the instincts that an animal has. You see, because God created us, are you listening? He created us not to be governed by instinct but he created us to be governed by God. Do you know? And you do. You have a body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have a soul. Every one of you, mind, emotions, and will. And you have a spirit. It was God's plan from the beginning that his spirit would dwell in the spirit of man and that we would be governed and guided by God. Oh, the awesome truth is this, that God so created us that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, would live in us and would guide us and direct us every day of our life. See, when a person becomes a Christian, when a person becomes a child of God, when they are born again, Jesus Christ comes to live inside of us by the Holy Spirit. And we, from that point on, are to be led and governed by the Spirit of God. An amazing verse. Well, how does a person know they're a Christian? What is the evidence that a person is a child of God? Romans 8, 14. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. The unique thing about a Christian is... God's Spirit lives in us, and we are not led by just emotions and reason. We are to be led by the Spirit of God. It's so clear in the Bible. Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 5.16, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires 
of the flesh. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, and we were all made to drink of the same Holy Spirit. Listen, with the indwelling Holy Spirit, you and I have the power to be what God created us to be. But with a grieved Holy Spirit or a quenched Holy Spirit, we cannot be what God intends for us to be. So we must be filled. We must be led. We must walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Last week, I talked about the fact that the greatest problem that we have in our lives that causes the Holy Spirit to be grieved and the Holy Spirit to be quenched are the sins of the tongue. I'm telling you, those words that come out of our mouth that oftentimes just grieve the Holy Spirit of God. They just quench the Holy Spirit of God. And instead of being led by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit producing abundant life in us, we're just struggling and striving. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's grieved and the Holy Spirit's quenched. And one of the greatest ways the Spirit of God is grieved in us is by the words that we speak. So last week I sp spoke about the misuse of the tongue. And I listed, I think, seven or, ooh, I listed seven or eight uh, sins of the tongue that cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved or to be quenched. I talked about the sin of lying and the sin of gossip and, and, and the sin of murmuring and complaining and the sin of hasty words without thinking, the sin of, of talking too much, the sin of flattery and, and the sin of reviling and the sin of uh, uh, just, it was about eight, there was about eight of them. And, and I know God spoke to every one of us about it. And we've been asking the Lord, and it's been a better week this week, because God has made us aware of the words that come out of our mouth. But today I want to go a step further, and this is really going to help you without any question. I want to speak to you not about the misuse of the tongue, but the mastery. How, do you, how is the tongue mastered? How do you get your tongue under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ, where we have a tongue that is under the control of of Jesus Christ. Turn in your Bible with me to the book of James and find the third chapter. And it says here that the tongue no man can tame, but we know that Jesus Christ can tame our, tame our tongue. And it can be brought under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. In James chapter 2, let's just look at verse James 1 verse uh, 26 first. Now I'm talking about the mastery of the tongue. How that when our tongue is under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to control our tongue, how that we will be able to speak words. You know what? I, I got so excited about this. When our tongue is under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ, when the Holy Spirit's controlling our tongue, we speak words that bless instead of curse. When he's, the Holy Spirit's in control of our tongue, we speak words that encourage instead of discourage. When, when Jesus Christ is in control of our tongue, we speak words of life instead of words of death. And I'm just telling you, the tongue can be such a great blessing and mightily used by God. And that's exactly what God wants us to do with our tongues. In James 1.26, it says, now, you really want to know about your spiritual life? Look what comes out of your mouth. It says in verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious... Well, I'm religious, but does not bridle his own tongue. He deceives his heart, and his religion is useless. 
Then you go over to chapter 3, and he says in verse 2, the sign of spiritual maturity is that a person is not sinning with their tongue. It's amazing. He said in James 3, 2, we all stumble in many things. He said nobody's perfect. We all stumble in many things. But if any offends, if anyone does not stumble in his words, he is a mature man, able to bridle his whole body. James said, listen, no, if if you don't sin in your words, it's a sign of spiritual maturity, and you're able to bridle your whole body. Does the tongue need to be tamed and be controlled by Jesus Christ? Yes. Look in that same third chapter of the book of James, and it says here uh, in verse 8, James 3, 8, but no man can tame the tongue. Is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Now, you know why it says that? Because it's exactly true. You can't tame your tongue. I can't tame my tongue. The tongue can no man tame. But I guarantee you one thing, when Jesus Christ is in control of your life, and when you're allowing the Holy Spirit to make you sensitive to God, I guarantee you, you'll find that you, your, 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 your speech changes. Your words change because they're under the control of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how do we have mastery? We can't tame the tongue. The tongue no man can But how does Jesus, how does the Holy Spirit enable us to tame the tongue? Here's the first thing. And I want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 12. And we'll look at that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I'm going to give you five things that are absolutely necessary. And I get so excited about them. And it's so true. And I say, dear God, you can make this a reality in our lives because Jesus lives in us and we don't live in our own power. I get so excited about these five things because I just understand that, praise God, we can have victory over the very wor- in the very words that come out of our mouth. Here's the first thing. If there's going to be the mastery of the tongue, you have to admit that it's the problem of the heart. In other words, this matter of my speech and my words, I've got to admit that it is a problem. uh, uh, Admit the tongue is a problem of the heart. It is a heart problem. When things come out of our mouth that should not come, that is a symptom. We've got to admit that the sin of the tongue is a problem of the heart. And the words that come out of our mouth are a symptom of what's in our heart. Now, how many times have we heard this? A person goes to the doctor and he says, well, I've got numbness in my fingers and in my hands. The doctor says, okay, so let, let me do a MRI or whatever they do. He said, now, let me tell you why I got numbness in your hand. You've got a pinched nerve in your neck. You say, no, doctor, you don't understand. The problem is with my hand. He said, no, that's a symptom. The problem is you've got a pinched nerve. He see, he could give you a shot in your finger forever and ever, and your hand would never get better. Until he goes to the root. Until he goes to the root of what's calling the numbness, you never get any better. I want to tell you something. The root of the words that come out of our mouth that are unholy and unrighteous and ungodly, the root is we have to admit that the sins of the tongue is a problem of the heart. It is a heart problem problem. All right, Matthew chapter 12, I want you to look at verse 44. He he tells us very clearly that it is a problem. Uh, 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 Verse 33, excuse me. 
He says, Matthew 12, 33, you got it? Either make the tree good or its fruit good or make the tree bad or the fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, now listen to this. You being evil, how can you speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, what part of that don't we understand? He says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. He says in verse 35 of Matthew 12, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things out of his mouth. But an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. I say to you, every idle word you may speak, you will give account of in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and your words you will be condemned. Listen, it can't come out of your mouth unless it's in your heart. And so what we've got to admit is this. Lord, if things are coming out of my mouth that curse instead of bless, that destroy instead of build, if the sins of the tongue are coming out of my mouth... It's because I've got a heart problem. Lord, you need to deal with my heart. Now, there are two ways that God deals with our heart. I want you to listen to me very carefully. First of all, if you find yourself constantly speaking things that are sinful, constantly speaking words that are not godly, whether they be filthy words or whatever, if you find yourself, then you need to ask yourself the question, am I a child of God? Do I know Jesus Christ? Now, don't misunderstand me. Christians, how well do I know and how well do you know? Man, the biggest battle we have is with what comes out of our mouth. But I would also say this to you. You've got to remember it's a matter of the heart. So if you have a, an ongoing battle and you're losing it with what comes out of your mouth, you need to ask yourself the question, do I have a new heart? Do I have a new spirit? Am I a child of God. You know, Ezekiel said I'll, in 36, 26, he said, I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. I'll put a new heart in your flesh. So I'm just saying that you have to ask God to examine your heart. And you say, well, Lord, I want to know is the reason I speak the way I speak is because I've never had an encounter with Jesus. I've never been changed. And, it, and, and, and so you ask God to show you. Now you say, well, I know, brother Fred, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Amen. All right, so now you go back and say, now, Lord, I'm your child. Jesus Christ lives in me. You've changed me. You've given me a new heart. Now, why am I still failing and falling down so much in the things that come out of my mouth? I want to know what's wrong in my heart. Tell you what we need to pray as children of God. If the things that come out of our mouth are not pleasing to God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Listen to this. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way. Reveal to me what's in my heart, O Lord, and lead me in your way everlasting. I want to ask you something. I'm talking about you as a Christian. Are the words that come out of your mouth there because maybe because you have some bitterness in your heart? And because of this bitterness, you say things. It's coming. That's the root of it. There's bitterness in your heart. And you say things that come out of that bitterness. Is it because there's anger in your heart? You're angry? Is, is it because you're disappointed? Is it because you feel like God gave you a bad deal in life? That God, that, that God didn't live up to his end of the bargain? You know, I, you, you see, I, I know one thing. I do have a battle with things that come out of my mouth, just like you do. And, and I'm saying, but God, what is it in my heart? What is it in my heart that's causing me to say the things 
that you say. That I say, what is it, Lord? Search me. Show me what it is. Show me the root of the words. Because I'm telling you, we've got to admit that the sins, our problem with the tongue is a matter of the heart. I love what David prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, just say, Lord, something's in my heart's not right. And because that's not right, that's what I'm speaking, why I'm speaking. So I want you to show me as a believer what's wrong in my heart so that I can repent and receive your forgiveness. Now, I want to tell you what you don't want to do now. Don't justify the, your, the sins of the tongue. Don't justify it. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing. I know I said that, but she caused me to say it. Well, God's not going to accept that. If it wasn't in you, it wouldn't come out of you, right? So you don't try to justify the sins of the tongue. Don't try to rationalize them. Don't blame them on others. What you need to do is this. Don't say it's just my personality. It's just who I am. No. Let me tell you what you got to do. Say, Lord, am I having problems with my words because I'm not saved? Then I want you to save me and give me a new heart. Lord, I'm saved. I know Jesus. Lord, what is it in my heart that is causing me to say what I say. I want you to show me. I want you to correct me, Lord, because as your child, I only want to speak that which edifies and builds people up. All right, so here's the first, second thing. If we're going to have the mastery of the tongue, we must admit that the tongue is a problem of the heart. Here's the second thing that we must do. The second thing, if we're going to have the mastery of the tongue, is we must assure that word assure, the yielding of our tongue to God. Listen, this is the key to the whole thing. We have to just be absolutely sure that we have yielded our tongues, the words that come out of our mouth to God. Here's a great scripture I want you to look up. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. This is one of the most helpful passages in the Bible to show how God can give us victory in every member of our body. And I'm talking about the members of our body. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. I want you to notice what it says. Verse 11 of Romans 6. It just talked about that we died with Christ and we were raised with Christ. And then he says, likewise, reckon yourself. Count it a fact. That when Jesus came into your heart, you took your place in death with him, and you were raised with him. Hey, by the way, that's what baptism is a picture of. Baptism is Jesus Christ came into my life, and my old life in Adam was put to death. So what do we do? We bury that beneath the water. And then we bring a person out of the water, and they're raised to newness of life. So he said here, now if we died with him, we'll also live with him. Then he says it in verse 11. Likewise, count it a fact, count it a fact that you are dead to sin. Jesus Christ has given me power over sin, the sins of the tongue. Reckon yourselves dead to sin. Count it a fact that you're dead to sin, but alive to God. Now, then he tells us. Now, don't, don't miss this. This is going to help you. Therefore, since you're dead to sin and alive to God, do not let sin, S-I-N, reign, rule, in your mortal body. Now, he's, he's talking to Christians. Listen, you died with Christ. You were raised with Christ. You're alive in Christ. Now, therefore, don't you let sin reign in your mortal body. Don't you do that. Let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. Here it is. 
Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as one who is alive from the dead, and present your members as instrument of righteousness to God. Now, you know what he just said? Look, when you got saved, you took your place in death and resurrection with Jesus. So now you're dead to sin and you're alive to God. So therefore, since Jesus lives in you, don't let sin reign in your body. Don't let it reign in your body. Don't let sin rule you. He said, in fact, don't you give your members as an instrument. And the word there is weapon. Do not yield your members as a weapon of unrighteousness to sin. You know what our members are? Oh, our members are our eyes. Do not yield your eyes as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Do you know what our members are? It's our tongue. Do not yield your tongue as an instrument, your member as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. You know what our members are? It's our heart. Do not yield your heart as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. Guess what else? It is our hands. Do not yield your hands as an instrument of unrighteousness to sin. Do not yield your feet as an instrument. He says, listen, you're saved. You're dead to sin. You're alive to God. Don't let sin reign in your body. In fact, let your eyes be righteous eyes that only see that which is righteous. Let your mouth speak righteous things and only those things that are righteous. Let your heart act on righteous things and not on, let your hands only handle that which is righteous and your feet only take you where it would please God. Let me tell you something. You remember that verse over in Romans 12, 1? We say our body's not important. Oh, yes, it is. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of God. Listen, present your body a living sacrifice. Your body, a living sacrifice to God, wholly acceptable unto God, for, which is your reasonable service. So, assure the yielding of your tongue to God. Lord, I yield my eyes to you. I only want to look at what pleases you. Oh, Lord, I yield my tongue to you. I only want to speak what edifies and ministers grace. Lord, I yield my heart to you. I only want in my heart, I want a clean heart and a pure. And, Lord, I want you to know I yield my hands to you. I don't want my hands to handle or touch anything that would not glorify you. And, oh, God, I yield my feet to you that they would only lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Now, if you're going to have victory over your words and live with an ungrieved, unquenched Holy Spirit, if you're going to live an abundant life, you have to admit, first of all, that the tongue is a matter of the heart. The sin of the tongue is a matter of the heart. And secondly, you have to assure the yielding of your body. You have to assure the yielding of the members of your body, uh, uh, of the yielding of your tongue to Jesus. Did you know? Now, I don't understand this, but I'm going to tell you what it says. Be assured of the yielding of your tongue to Christ. Did you know the Bible says your tongue controls your whole body? Now, that, I don't know how that is, but he says <laughs> that your tongue affects your eyes. It affects your ears, where you only hear what God wants you. It affects your heart. It affects your... Did you know? I'm going to show you. I mean, I said, Lord, I don't know how all this is, but right back... You don't have to turn, but you remember in James 3, 2? Listen to what he says. 
talking about a, a, a man who does not sin with his tongue or woman? Listen to what it says. We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. Able to bridle his whole body. He said, if you don't sin with your tongue, your whole body's under control. Wow. He says, what comes out of your mouth affects your whole body. So we've got to assure the yielding of our tongue to God because it affects our whole body. You say, now come on, Brother Fred. Well, listen to what it says here. James 3, 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Tongue so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Notice, our tongue is so set among our members, our eyes, our ears, our mouth, our heart, our hands. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. Wow! Are you telling me, Lord, that my words that come out of my mouth affect my eyes and my ears and my heart and my hands and my feet? He said it defiles the whole body or you bridle the whole body. Here's the third thing. If we're going to have the mastery of the tongue, we have to admit that the tongue is a problem of the heart. Number two, we have to assure the yielding of our tongue to God. Number three, boy, I love this. We have to affirm daily to praise the Lord. See, man, we can make a choice with what we're going to do with our tongues. And so we affirm every day. Today, Lord, today, out of my heart and through my mouth, I affirm to praise you today, Almighty God. My tongue will speak words of praise and adoration to you, the living God. Boy, it's all over the Bible. In Psalm 57, Verse 7, talking about, man, that we're just going to affirm. I got a choice, Lord. So I admit that the, the sins of my tongue, it's a problem of my heart. And I want a clean heart. And I want you to show me how you need to change my heart and correct that. And I'm going to trust you. But I want you to know, Lord, I am yielding my tongue to you because it affects my whole body. I assure the yielding of my tongue to you, Almighty God. But I want to tell you, Lord, I affirm with my tongue and my heart to praise you. And I love Psalm 57, 7. Now, I want you to listen to this. The psalmist is writing here and he says, My heart is steadfast, O God. Talking about the heart. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. The word there is fixed. My heart's fixed, Lord. It's fixed. It's settled. My heart is steadfast, O Lord. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. And then he says in verse 8, listen. Awake my glory. You know what the word is there in the Hebrew? Tongue. Did you know another word for the tongue in the Bible is the glory? And so the psalmist said, I, my heart is fixed. It is fixed. I'm going to sing and give praise. And then he says, he speaks to his tongue. He said, awake my tongue. Awake my tongue. Awake lute and heart. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the people, and I will sing to you among the nations. I'm telling you, the psalmist said, I want my tongue to wake up. I awaken so that I can praise God and sing to him and adore him. Hey, man, you've got a choice, and you can make that choice. You can pray with us. O Lord, awake my tongue to sing praise to you and to glorify you. Hey, we can affirm that we, with our tongues, that we will praise the Lord. I want you to listen. 
to Psalm 34. Man, you're just going to affirm with your tongue to praise God. That's going to be your choice every day. In Psalm 34, verses 1 through 3, I love this. I will bless the Lord at all times. Now hear this. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Wow. He said, I'm going to bless the Lord when everything's going well. I will bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to bless the Lord when everything's going bad. I want to, I'm going to bless the Lord when I'm on the mountaintop. I'm going to bless the Lord when I'm in the valley. I'm going to bless the Lord when I get a raise. Or I'm going to bless the Lord when I get fired. i just tell you what I'm going to do. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. My most my, my, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You know how you have the mastery of the tongue? Admit it's a problem of the heart. And ask God to search your heart. And you get it right. You ask, Lord, if it's bitterness, to get it out. Whatever it is, unforgiveness, anger, God, whatever's causing me to say these things, get it out of my heart. Cleanse me from it, Jesus, in your blood. And I want you to know I am yielding my tongue to you, Lord, as an instrument of righteousness. My tongue will not be a weapon, an instrument of unrighteousness. I'm yielding my tongue to you as an instrument of righteousness. And then thirdly, Lord, I affirm to praise you every day. I affirm to praise you out of my mouth every day here is um, the fourth thing admit it's a problem of the heart assure the yielding of your tongue to God and then affirm daily to praise the Lord but I like this one hey by the way I thought of a verse what if I, I would tell you you know there's a sacrifice you can give to God that God's pleased with see we, we don't offer sacrifices anymore Jesus made that one final sacrifice for our sin on the cross. And we're not right with God by offering the sacrifice of a goat or a calf or something. No, but what if I said to you, the Bible says there is a sacrifice that you could offer to God. That pleases God. You'd say, well, I certainly want to do that. Well, you know what it is? I want you to listen to this. In James, excuse me, in Hebrews Chapter 13, verse 15. Now listen carefully. Talking about through Jesus. Therefore, by Jesus, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. You see, affirm daily with your mouth and tongue to praise the Lord. And he says, Offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But here's the fourth thing. Not only affirm daily to praise the Lord. Number four is this, at five, affirm daily to thank the Lord. You know, that's praise for who God is. We praise him for who he is, the majestic and holy God who provided his son as a sacrifice for our sins so that we who were separated from God could be restored to God through the blood of the cross. And may we never forget the cross. We praise him for who he is. But you know, we thank him for all that he's done. Don't you love Psalm 100 and verse 4? talks about when we come to God. I'm talking about affirm with our tongues daily to thank God. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates 
with, somebody say it. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Man, I tell you, we got a choice. We can say, God, those words that are coming out of my mouth, it's a problem of my heart. Show me. I repent. Cleanse me. Create in me a clean heart. Get it out of me. Anything that's causing me to speak, get it out of me, Lord. I will not live with that. Jesus Christ, cleanse my heart. But then we've got to just assure the yielding of our tongue to God every day. And then we've got to affirm to praise the Lord every day. And then we've got to affirm to thank the Lord every day. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I love what it says in in Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. Do you think God is pleased? (laughs) You may be in the valley. You may be having a hard time. It may be that everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. It may, but listen, just what it says. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, you're talking about the fruit of your lips, giving praise to God. Give thanks always for all things to God the Father through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to be mastered by the tongue. The tongue no man can tame, but Jesus Christ can. So praise God, I know if I'm not speaking right, it's a problem of my heart, and I need to get my heart right with God. And I need to know if I'm having a problem with my words, I have got to daily surrender my tongue as an instrument of righteousness to God and that it will only speak that which blesses. I mean, I want it to be an instrument of righteousness and I have got to affirm every day to praise God and you have got to affirm every day to thank God. But here's the last one. Number five, if we're going to have the mastery of the tongue, And I love this. And man, I want this more than anything. I'm telling you, this is the passion of my heart. Affirm daily to bless people. Not only affirm daily to praise God, not only affirm daily to thank God, but with your tongue, you affirm daily to bless people. I tell you, the Bible says there's healing power in our words. Or there is destructive power in our words. So hey, I just want to I just want to affirm daily to bless people. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Just listen to what it says. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. Let me just pause there. Some people speak words that are like a sword going into your heart. There's some that speak like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. Did you know You can bless people in such a way that it promotes health. I never feel better than when I'm saying something to encourage someone, something to bless them. Just it, it, It may seem a little thing, but you just say, man, I don't want my tongue to be like a sword piercing their heart. He said, I want it. The tongue of the wise promotes health. I'm telling you, firm with your tongue to bless people. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4, listen to where it says. Man, I love this. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Woo! Man, you have a wholesome tongue. You bless people. It's like a tree of life. 
The fruit on it is that which produces life. A wholesome tongue is like a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Did you know with your words you can break the spirit of a little child? With your words, you could break the spirit of your wife. You could break the spirit of your children. Do you understand that? Under God. He said a wholesome, he said, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness breaks the spirit. Man, I want you to affirm with your tongue to bless people. I mean, just to bless people. It's called encouraging people. And speak words of hope to people. I tell you, like it or not, Proverbs 18, 21 says... Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Your words can speak death to a person. I don't know if it's physical, physical death, emotional death. I mean, all I know it says death and life are in the power of the tongue. But you know, you're, you, with your tongue, you can speak life. You can speak life. Man, people are already beaten down enough. They're already beaten down enough. Why in the world? I never will forget. Oh, my God, this is one of the most moving stories I've ever heard. It's hard to tell it. Mike Gilchrist was raised in the home of an alcoholic father. He embarrassed him all the time. And one day his father had come in drunk and fell on the lawn of his front yard and I guess laying there in his vomit. And Mike said he came in, Mike Gilchrist did, and saw his daddy laying there. And he took his foot and put it on his head. And his daddy looked up and said, Son, don't push me down any further. I'm down as far as I can go. You never know where people are. Don't push them down any farther. Speak words of hope, words of encouragement, words of life that are found in the Son of God. Because I don't care where they are. They're not too hard for the mighty God. Affirm with your tongue to bless people. I'll close with this. You know how you can encourage people? Tell them what God's Word says about their situation. Tell them what God says. That's the way you encourage people. Is to tell them what God says. Here's a person that's having serious financial problems. They've made wrong choices, got more outgoing and coming in, and they're battling financially. So what do you do? You say to them, well, let me tell you what God says. This is what God says about how you can get your finances in order. This is the way God says you can get your finances in order. And also you need to understand that if you do what God's Word says about your finances, that God will bless you. And he will. And here's another person that's battling a besetting sin. I mean, they just keep falling and falling and falling. So what do you do? You say to them, listen, you've got a stronghold in your life. But the Bible says we've got weapons from God to pull down those strongholds. And I want you to know that Jesus came to set the captives free. And if you will confess that is sin and confess to God that you have no power over it and that you'll never be free from it unless God sets you free, I want to tell you the Word of God says, that if the Son of God sets you free, you can be free indeed. The way you, you bless people and the way you encourage people is you tell them what God's Word says about their situation and that if they act on the Word of God, that God will be the one that brings them through to the other side. I wish I could tell you that the battle of the tongue is over. No, it'll be there every day. But just remember... 
let God do a work in your heart. If it's not in your heart, it can't come out of your mouth. And you just assure daily that you're just going to yield your tongue as an instrument of righteousness to God. Affirm every day with my mouth I'm going to praise God. And affirm every day with my mouth I'm going to thank God. And I just want to affirm that every day with my mouth I'm going to bless people. And I praise God that we don't have to live with a grieved Holy Spirit because the words of our mouth. Oh, this is our prayer. May it be true of you and me every day. Oh, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength. You're my strength, Lord, and my Redeemer. The words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for forgiveness. The gospel is about forgiveness. And where we have sinned with our tongues, search our hearts out, O God, and I pray for forgiveness of whatever's in our heart, whatever's causing us. Search our hearts, we repent, and we ask for your forgiveness and cleansing in the blood of Jesus. But we make a choice this morning, right here in this room, we make a choice. We yield our tongue as an instrument of righteousness to you, O God. We will not let our tongue be an instrument a weapon of unrighteousness. We yield our tongue as an instrument of righteousness. And with our tongue, we will praise you. With our tongue, we will thank you. And with our tongue, we will bless people because we yield our tongues to you. In Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed for a moment. Now, first of all, remember it's a problem of the heart. Are you saved? Do you know that you know there's been a time in your life? You don't have to remember the day or the minute. There's a time in your life where you've repented of your sins. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus Christ, my only hope of salvation is in you and your precious blood. And you're trusting Jesus and Jesus only as your Savior right now. Well, if you've done that, praise God. But you'll never have victory over your words until... Jesus Christ lives in your heart, and he gives you a new heart. You say, but Brother Fred, I'm saved, but I'm still having a struggle. I am too. But I tell you, you say, God, now you, you show me what's in my heart. I wouldn't be saying if it wasn't there. And I want you to show me, and I repent, and you cleanse it, and you create in me a clean heart. And I yield my heart to you, O oh God. Then you just say, all right, Lord. This tongue is an instrument, a weapon of righteousness. I will praise you. I will thank you. And I will bless people with my tongue.